0: Well, hello, welcome to episode 29. And the day this is going live is July 14th, which to all the French listeners, happy Bastille Day. It's basically the French version of 4th of July. And I always have very good memories of July 14th because when I lived in Paris, it was just lovely and nice summery weather and tons of fireworks and lots of days off from work. And for some odd reason, loads of street parties at all the local fire stations, which were great fun and kind of bizarre there at all the local fire stations. But just, you know, within Paris, all the, the little local fire stations would have big parties of music and lots of things to eat and drink and lots of firemen around. So it was, as a single girl living in Paris, it was really good fun. So I have good memories of July 14th. So happy Bastille Day. But for everyone else all around the world, it's just the middle of July and it might be nice and hot where you are. Or if you're on the other half of the world, it's nice and cold in the middle of winter. But wherever you are, I hope you are having a great week. So last week, if you remember, I did a little bit of a different kind of episode where I was just talking to you about my weekly schedule and how i um, group my tasks and how I automate social media and just basically how I get this all done without going crazy. And I mentioned at the start of the episode about a session I'd done with one of my clients where it was just like this jam session for an hour where she brought all of her questions, all of her technical questions about Twitter and website updates and marketing and everything and just brought them and we just cranked through them in an hour. And now I've had a few requests for other people who want the same thing. So If that's of interest to you and you'd like to get me for an hour on Skype to ask all of your questions, I could send you more details on that. Just hop over to wellpreneuronline.com and just contact me through the contact form and I'll send you more details and hopefully we'll get that scheduled so I can help you out too. So this week, we're back to the interview format, which I know we all just love because it's great to meet these other wellness entrepreneurs around the world and get an insight into what they're doing. So this week, I'm talking to Carolyn Kane, who is the Freedom Seekers business mentor. And Carolyn was trained as a naturopath and used to work as a naturopath and now is a business coach. But what's really interesting about Caroline is that she's actually living a location independent lifestyle, which I love. So she's got her partner and her little daughter and they travel all over the world while she's running her successful business. So I wanted to bring Caroline on one, because I love this idea of location independence. And I know it's something that a lot of you are interested in too, but also Caroline's a mother and she talks about balancing motherhood and running your business and Carolyn understands the whole wellness thing because she was a naturopath before this. So she's really, I think, a really perfect guest to have on to encompass all of that that we're trying to do here at Wellpreneur Online. But first, before I jump into this interview with Carolyn, I wanted to give a couple of shout-outs. Um, I've gotten a bit behind on my shout-outs from the U.S. audience, so here we go. So Tracy M. left a review that says, I wish it were daily. I love this podcast. Amanda has some great guests that share a wealth of information. I've learned things that have been very helpful for me. The half hour goes by so fast and the interviews flow well. It's hard to wait all week for the next one. Thanks for this. You're welcome, Tracy. You know, I wish I could do it daily too, but (laughs) right now with everything else I have going on, that's just not possible. But So we'll just have to stick with once a week, but I really appreciate that you love it so much. And um, yeah, and I'll keep them coming. I also got a shout out by Herculean Ev and by Christy Angevin from Maryland and by Ashley Gotch. And Ashley says, thank you so much for providing a wonderful podcast for us budding wellpreneurs. I'm learning so much and I feel like I'm learning the right stuff instead of being overwhelmed with everything out there in the internet world of starting and sustaining a wellness business. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Ashley. I completely agree with you. And that's why I started this podcast, because the amount of information about running a business online is just overwhelming. And it's hard to know what's actually working. And that's why I like to do interviews with people that are actually finding success so we can just see what's working and do that rather than trying to sort out all of the information that's out there on the internet ourselves. And that's what Carolyn Kane's going to help us do today is really wade through a lot of information about location independence and coaching online and balancing motherhood and business. And yeah, and just having an awesome business that you really love. So let's jump right into this interview with Carolyn Kane. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for joining me on the show today.
1: Hi, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, Carolyn, I was really excited to have you on because you have a really interesting background that I think the listeners are going to be find well interesting, <laughs> to <laughs> use the word again. Um, but anyway, you were a trained naturopathic uh, nutritionist, and now you're the Freedom Seekers business mentor. So you're doing business coaching. But what I what I really like about your business and what you're doing is that you're location independent. So you're traveling around the world and. You're traveling with your daughter and your partner and helping women and other entrepreneurs to really design businesses that are flexible and fit their schedules. So I, I want to talk to you about all of this and see just how you brought this together because it's a really, a really unique business that you've gotten yourself into.
1: Yeah, it is actually. Um, And I realize that more and more, you know, obviously I'm in it. So it's kind of feels normal to me. But um, I do get a lot of requests from women who, you know, was sort of one or the other aspect, that um, to find out how that that all fits together.
0: So can you kind of tell us how you got started then? Because how did you go from being a nutritionist? And what did your lifestyle look like then? And then moving over to what you're doing now?
1: Well, even before that, I was a just working in offices, you know, regular office stuff. I did, you know, a couple of ski seasons, things like that. So I've had quite a varied employment background, let's say. And it was for my own health reasons that I decided to go and study health in more depth. And then I became a naturopathic nutritionist. And really, well, before that, I became a reflexologist, actually. And I just did that for fun. When I was working in offices, I had no idea that I would ever end up working from, you know, for myself or having clients or anything like that. But then I started realizing, actually, I really want to help others because I saw the the impact in my life. And then I started thinking, oh, it just doesn't go deep enough. So I studied the nutrition and that completely changed my life around thinking that I was already healthy enough because I had to be because I had some, some health issues. I mean, this was just a completely different life that I then had. And so that's what made me realize, actually, I, I really want to be doing this full time. You know, I really want to help others have this impact of, of change, of increased joy and health and happiness and all of that, you know, in their lives. So I started doing that. And just before, and I'm really condensing everything here into a short answer, and that I was doing face-to-face. So I had um, a successful referral-based business that was 100% offline. And then as we're thinking about, you know, having um, family and all of that, we really knew that we wanted to be location independent. So I then uh, worked with a coach and brought my business online. And that was still with the nutrition at the time. And I did that for, for a while until I started getting more and more requests from a lot of other coaches actually in the, in the wellness community who could see how my business was expanding and changing and now this new element to it that we could actually travel as a family. And, you know, I only work three days a week so I can spend as much time with, my, with our daughter as possible. And so I got more and more of those questions. So I, I heeded the call, shall we say, and um, now do the, the business and lifestyle coaching. Mm-hmm in a nutshell that that is the the journey
0: yeah that's funny because that's kind of ended, what ended up happening to me too because I had uh, my natural health and beauty site and then was just getting so many questions about you know how do you develop a blog and how do you get an audience and how do you turn this into a business and then that's kind of what drove me to start Wellpreneur also so I can totally relate to that mm. so what was that like when you shifted it it online and, and to decide to go location independent I mean that's a huge step did you have Kind of, how did that happen? Did you have fears that came up around that, and how did you decide that's what you wanted to do?
1: It's funny, you know, because a few people have asked me this. Um, you know, not not in interview context, but just you know, um, clients. And actually, you know, a lot of people talk about location independence, and it's actually just the same thing. You're just working with people over Skype instead of face to face. So when I was doing it, I'd never thought about this in terms of location independence. I just knew I wanted to work with clients online because that way we could travel. So I just started telling people that, okay, now I'm doing it over Skype. I'm not doing it in person anymore. And also emailed people abroad, you know, friends and people following me on Facebook, for example, and people on my newsletter list who had expressed an interest, but they weren't in the same country. And I'm, I just sent out a newsletter and I'm like, hey guys, you know, I'm, I'm doing this online now. And that just completely opened the floor to, to anyone, you know, um, being able to work with them. And that's pretty much it. That was what started it all. So I didn't have any fears around it. The, I think that all came later as I realized that marketing online, you know, before then, my Facebook page, my newsletter was, there was no real pressure behind it because I had a referral-based offline business, which often works when you have an offline business. And then sort of the reality of online marketing and how many people are online marketing, the same thing as you as well, really became a part of it. And that's really where... Getting to know your niche and yourself and what makes you different, your brand, became a massive learning curve for me. Mm. So it came afterwards. Ignorant bliss to start with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably good, actually. It's good yeah. we don't know everything when we're jumping into these things. No, thank yeah. goodness. So did you have your daughter at the time you decided to, to move to Thailand and become location yeah, um, independent.
1: So basically, it was just towards the end of my pregnancy that I started, I didn't have any online clients yet, but I started to work with existing clients over Skype, because I said to them, you know, I'm on maternity leave now, I'm not coming in. So I guess that was a very gentle way into it. And then when my daughter was about seven months, I think, then we went to France for three and a half months. And that's when it really kicked in. And in a big way, I was more visible. You know, I did it in a few months leading up to that online as being able to work online from anywhere. So that was the first one. And then we moved to Thailand when she was about ju- just over one years old for three months. So by then, I, you know, I already, I'd already done it before. Mm-hmm. And I was exclusively working online by then. So except for, you know, if I have an intensive with someone who happens to be in Thailand or in Denmark or in Australia at the same time as me.
0: Mm-hmm. So does your partner then, I guess he has a job too that you, he's able to travel?
1: No, he... Basically took parental leave when we went to France for three and a half months so I could work. Again, I was still working just 25 hours or a week or so. So he was the full-time papa. Mm. And then when we went to the Thailand, same thing. And we actually were living in Thailand because we were waiting for our visas for Australia to come through at the time, which is where we live now. And we're here because we knew we wanted to live somewhere warmer. And my business being online, I can move without any problem. So he actively looked for work abroad in you a know, certain it. number of countries that we wanted. And because yeah. of my business, we were able to do that. And now, as well, because of my business, he, I'm. we're actually speaking, we live in Sydney, but we're in Perth right now, as you and I are talking, because he's been sent here for a week on business. And our nanny happens to be on holiday at the same time. Because I have a location-independent business, we've come to Perth with him. And I basically have the days off with my daughter, you know, discovering and having some little daily adventures. And then I work in the evening.
0: That's brilliant. See, I love this because I think a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could travel more. I wish I could be location independent. But it, it seems sometimes it seems like something that only single people can do, you know, only people in their 20s yeah. before they bought a house and before they've gotten, quote, settled down. And so I that's kind of why I was asking, because I love seeing the different ways that people make it work, because I found in my experience, if you want to travel, you can figure out a way to do it. It's just, it oh, needs definitely. to become a priority for you. And then and then things start to line up and you find a way. So,
1: yeah. And I've, I've got a, I'll give you a sneak preview. I've got a fantastic event just about this coming up sort of in the next couple of months. So it'll be all about that. Women with families. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Doing this. So, Specifically
0: yeah. traveling, like doing location independence.
1: Yeah, sort of, I don't want to say too much because we're putting the details together, sure. but it'll be out there very soon. And also for, for women who don't necessarily want to be traveling for long periods of time, you know, of course, the kids are at different ages, different things are possible when they're small, when they're at school. But like, for example, now coming on a business trip with my boyfriend without it having to be holiday, because it isn't holiday, I I am working in the evenings. That's also a way of using your location independent business that you actually bring it with you and go and work somewhere else.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Now, I was on one of your webinars a few weeks ago, and you mentioned something about that you only work 25 <coughs> hours a week. Is that right? Was it yeah. 25 hours? Yeah, so
1: three. Yeah, approximately three days a week.
0: Yeah. So have you always done that? Or is that something that evolved over time?
1: Oh, no. You know, and I don't have this massive sob story as of, oh, I was working into the night and all of this. Luckily, I've never done that. But I used to work when I started off all the time. You know, my friends were just like, oh, Carolyn's so busy. And I I took pride in being busy because I really thought it showed that I was doing everything possible to make this business work. And I was working evenings and weekends and I was single when I started off. And then I think what on earth was I doing? You know, because I had a an offline business at the time and I can seriously not sit here and tell you right now what it is that I was working on at the time. So I was very busy doing a whole lot of nothing it would seem. And then I met my boyfriend and he quickly sort of said, okay, this isn't you know, nine o'clock maximum in the evening, You know, instead of working till 10 or 11 and the weekend's off. And for me, it was quite easy to just say, yeah, okay, you're right. Let's just do that somehow. It was an easy transition, probably because I didn't need to be doing all of that work.
0: But didn't you, and I then, mean, d- can we dig into that though? Cause didn't you have this yeah. fear? Like, I love what you said that yeah. you felt like being busy was giving you the best, you know, was going to make your business successful. And I I see that all the time. And I even fall into that sometimes this Mm. sense of, you know, this cult of busyness, like our society so much (laughs) rewards being busy that you think, Oh, well, you know, if if I'm not where I want to be, maybe if I just work harder, it will happen. And so when when he said, Well, you can't work on nights and weekends, you must have had a little bit of a, like, for a moment, like, Oh, You know, what if it doesn't work? If I don't work this much, or did that? Did that not happen?
1: It did, in the sense that I was scared that if someone emailed me and I didn't get back to them straight away, that I'd lose a client. Mm. And I was lucky enough to go to um, an event of a high-level coach who said, you know, you've got to put the boundaries of how you want people to treat you. If you start replying to clients. Because it's online, you know, it's 24 hours a day, if you start replying in the evening and on weekends, they're going to expect you to be available evenings and weekends. And so I did definitely have that, you know, that I had that fear. And and also that I was always saying yes to, to all of my clients, you know, fitting things in around them, which means that I would have one appointment, that I'd have hours and hours of break, then I'd have another appointment and then three, you know, back to back and all these kind of crazy arrangements just to fit people in when they wanted it. And that went on... I mean it was short I think comparative to other people it was really just for a few months and you know of course my boyfriend is not an entrepreneur so he was also very down to earth about it that people can wait he he clearly saw sort of the funny side of it that we we get completely tied up in in serving 24 hours a day so that kind of helped my keep my head on straight but yeah of course that fear was definitely there of letting go Yeah it's funny that because You know,
0: on the flip side, as a customer, you'd never expect a professional to be available 24 hours a day. Like, you'd never expect your therapist or I don't know, maybe therapist, I don't know, but doctor or dentist or somebody to be available like at 10 o'clock in the evening really. We we assume people will expect that of us. So and you're right is that if you do keep writing back on the weekends, then your clients will will write back to you on the weekends and you'll end up in this whole discussion. So you really need to set your own boundaries. I mean, how can people if people are struggling with that sense, like they're working and working and working. And you said with yourself, you were working all the time. And in retrospect, you don't even know what you were working on. (laughs) (laughs) Because it obviously wasn't that important. So I don't know, when you've worked with clients, do you have any tips you could share about how we can kind of rein in our working hours so that we could maybe get to a more reasonable schedule, like, or a fast, amazing schedule, which you have, which is 25 hours a week?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and this is really important. I wish everybody knew this in the beginning. I wish I'd known this in the beginning. So one is to set your work hours. So precisely that you know you don't reply on weekends you don't reply in the evening and like I know what it's like you know we all still just check email when we tell ourselves we're not going to but you can set up some systems so for example I think it's called boomerang that I have on my email so I can actually reply to someone but schedule it to go the next day at two in the afternoon if I want so it's kind of a sneaky trick that you you're replying in advance so the emails are no longer sitting in your inbox because also you don't always want to reply straight away again to not have build the expectation that you're always available all the time. So you can just reply to emails and then schedule them to go out when you want them to, if you want it to go out the next day or three days later, whatever it is. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, boomerangs. Yeah, boomerangs, great. I use that. You can also use it, well, I'm sure you know, but for anyone out there, you can also like, have it boomerang like send a message back to you as a reminder so you could say like send this message back to me if the person doesn't reply within two weeks which is so useful to like remind wow. me to follow up on things or just to get it out of my inbox and send it back to me later I had no idea thank do you do you. not do that oh my gosh no, it's the best thing I love it yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm pitching myself as like a guest post or something, if I'm pitching mm. to be covered by some media outlet, I'll send it and I flag it in Boomerang and say, send it back to me if there's no reply in a week. And then in a week it pops back in my inbox and then I can follow up with them. And it is, it just saves lists and lists of to do action items. It's it's great.
1: Ooh, I'm going to start using that yeah. from tomorrow morning. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, So that's one way. Another way is to really cluster your appointments. So for example, now I'll have all my coaching calls on a Tuesday. That's my coaching call day. Then I'll do all of my marketing and anything like that on a Monday and sort of on a Monday and on a Wednesday. I'll fit discovery calls in. Normally sort of in them, I'll have them in time slots. So I'll do them every day, but in the morning or sort of mid afternoon. But every time you, you can... Like chunk all of your things together, like all of your calls together, all of your discovery calls, all of your accounting, for example, or anything like that. It makes a massive difference because then you're much more focused and then you know what you're doing when. So when you clients say, yeah, great, I'd love to start working with you. You, know, you can directly say, great, well, Tuesday is my coaching day. How does that work for you? It's happened on the rare occasion that someone can't fit it in on that day. And yet in the beginning, I would have had that fear. That's why I was available all the time. (laughs) Because, oh, what if they can't, then they're going to say no, and they're going to go to someone else. And then I won't make enough money and blah, blah, blah. And then what I can do is because it happens so rarely, because I'm upfront about it, then I can actually fit someone in on a Wednesday, if I want to, if the time Mm -hmm. suits me. I'm really glad
0: you said that. Like, it's okay to just have one day a week, even that you're seeing clients because... Like you said, it's so hard to switch back and forth between things, like to go Mm -hmm. from seeing clients to then suddenly trying to like write your new program or write a blog post. You're just constantly shifting. And I think they've said that it takes like 30 minutes once you change tasks to really get immersed in it. So it makes sense to just bunch them all together.
1: Yeah, and especially for mums, which I know you've got, mm-hmm. you know, a lot in your community. You've got to know when you're doing what. Otherwise, you never really do anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. I just wanted to tell one quick story. And then I want to dive more into this like time management for mums, actually. But I don't, I'm a morning person. And I found myself, I would get really resentful when I was having clients in the evening. Like I felt like, cause I'm in London, but I'm American. So I felt like I had to have all these time slots open late evening to accommodate like yeah. people in different places around the world. And then I'd be like, just, I don't know how else to call it other than resentful about the fact that after dinner, I had to go down and work again. And then one day I just thought, what am I doing? It's my business. <laughs> like if I don't, if I don't like to work in the evenings, just stop it. <laughs> and that was so liberating. So I think for anybody and out there that's that's feeling, you know, if there's something you really don't like, maybe you don't have to do it. You, you set the rules.
1: And it's so true. And actually, you asked me if I had that fear in the beginning. And I actually felt that fear. You just reminded me now when we went to Thailand, because a lot of my clients are in Europe or in the US. And I suddenly thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? So in the beginning, I did fit them in in the evening. So I was having some at six in the morning. And obviously, you know, telesummits and things, you know, other radio shows I was invited to speak on. Then I had some in the evening, and it literally after two weeks of doing that, I quickly realised, oh no 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 no, you know this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. So then I scaled it down. I got the evening ones that were on at 10 o'clock to do it where it would fit in for my morning, and that was the next step. And then I started saying, okay, well with the time difference, I have to have some at awkward times. So now my latest call is at 7 p.m. For example, I won't do any later than that. So mm-hmm. I finish at eight. And then I started thinking, okay, well, you know, I don't, I cannot wake up at six in the morning anymore. And I don't want to call at 7 a.m. every day because I'm barely awake. And, you know, with a baby, it just doesn't sort of really work out. So now I just have two mornings a week where I'll fit in 7 a.m. calls, whether it's um, a telesummit or a client or a discovery call or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've clumped them all into three days, my work. So that only happens on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And for me to make that work with the time zones, that's fine because it's, it's my rules. I set how often I'm working early or how often I'm working late, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And I didn't lose any clients from it. You know, everyone was fine and it wasn't a big deal.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think that's something that I found too, is that you just, people are, if you give people boundaries, they generally work within them. You just can't yeah, say, you know, meet with me anytime because then they'll just pick what works for them. But, but if you give some structure for what works for you, then it yeah, generally works out. Just trust the process. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about balancing entrepreneurship and motherhood, mm. because you know, like you were saying, you and and I don't have children, and so but I know a lot of my clients and a lot of the people listening do, and I'd be curious to hear your experiences about just how to approach that and how to fit in time, growing your business, which can take a lot more time, I think, than having an established business, so really trying to grow it and then and but still having time for your children and your family.:
1: Definitely. And it comes down to everything that we've been saying and it's choosing your schedule. You've got to be clear. You know, it's the rare woman. I do know a couple who work with their kids sort of running around at their feet. I don't know how established their businesses were before they did this. And I would imagine that they have partners at home as well, actually, who work from home or who are hands-on. But otherwise, it's very difficult to do if you don't have some form of childcare in place. Since our daughter was born, we've never been close to family, so we've never had family to help out. So we've had to find ways of making it work so that I can be as hands-on as I want to be, and yet still be able to grow my business, you know, because it's not a hobby, it is a proper business that our family needs the income from as well. So definitely scheduling in exactly when you're going to work, having your partner on board. Uh, I've got one client at the moment, for example, she's still got a young child, she doesn't have formal childcare. So it's her for her, it's the evenings and it's the weekends and her husband has to be on board with that. So that's one thing. And the other one, a good Good point that you said there, that it's really different when you're building your business in the beginning to when you've already got some sort of established business, whatever that looks like to anyone. And I would definitely say working with a mentor because we can spend so much time working on business stuff that isn't necessarily the money-making stuff. You know, they're essential or for example, whether it's your blog or your website or You know anything else like that that you think you need for your business um, and that is growing your business? But if you're not doing it in the right way, then it's not actually a money generating activity for you. It's something that sure is perhaps you know getting you out there a little bit more, but it's not really training your list or people to see you as a business owner that they would actually go to. So it's really important to to work with someone who's been there before, who's done it, who can really help you to focus on what exactly needs to be done, you know, what you need to be focusing your time on in a way that, um, and in a proper way. And by that, I mean that it leads to money generation.
0: Well, I think what you said definitely applies to parents, but also just anyone running a business and then wants to work less, less hours is having really clear priorities. So like you said, if you can only work in the evenings, a couple nights a week, then you should never just I imagine, and you can tell me what you think about this, but you probably shouldn't just sit down and then say, oh, okay, well, what should I work on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I find in my daily life, that's the worst thing. Like you need to have a plan, right, about the specific activities you need to do in each time slot so that you're not wasting time. Is that, is that generally what you recommend? Oh, definitely.
1: And that's what I mean by in the beginning. I was just working so much on stuff. Like what stuff, you know? <laughs> that's what I mean, that we can get lost in just doing things that are, When you don't know what you're doing, you just kind of pick the next thing that's there and it might not be the most useful. And you know what? You're completely right that whether you're a parent or not, the same things apply. And being a mother, I'm allowed to say this now. (laughs) We can use it as an excuse. Yes, there are very difficult moments when your child is not sleeping properly or sick or there's an issue going on or whatever it is. But those are periods that we go through. And I appreciate I only have one child now. It must be very different when you have two or three but still, for any woman listening who's also a mother to really be careful about the fine line between using our children as an excuse to not getting things done, whether it's uh, not having the time or not having the money to invest in a coach or anything like that, because really we need to invest to actually get the help so that we can move forwards. So it's really important to, to clarify if we're using it as an excuse or not.
0: So do you have a couple of tips to share with people on how you know, how we can just start prioritizing. Maybe not the, yeah. the final solution, but how do we at least bring a little more sense into our work time and, and make it a bit more productive?
1: Oh, and, and this might even be a final solution. <laughs> Part of it, definitely, is to to have an actual, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, schedule up on your wall so that you know exactly what you're doing when on those days. And I'm not talking about the individual tasks. I mean, just chunking it. So every Monday from nine to 11, I'm doing this. Every Tuesday from two till four, I'm doing this, you know, so you really know it's up there on your wall, there is no doubt. And then from there, you can schedule all your to do's, you know, in your diary or however you do it, according to that. So for example, if something comes up today that I need to do, I'm not going to do it today. If It's not my allocated day. (laughs) I say that, but of course, you know, we're all flexible when it comes to that. If I have the time and I really want to, then I will. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with scheduling something for next week. It doesn't all have to be done now, you know? So once we start getting into that routine of what we're doing on each day, it makes it much easier. And another tip that I love, and I just started doing this maybe a few months ago, and oh, I'm completely in love with this way of working, is that you don't check social media or email first thing in the morning. You literally, Look at your diary. What did I have to do today? You do all of that offline work first. And offline, I don't mean that you're not at your computer, because obviously, that's what we use. That's our modern tool. But you do the work. So if you have a sales page to write, or if you have to draft some autoresponders or a newsletter, all of these things, you do everything that was on your list to do for that day. And then you check social media, but you give yourself a timer, like maybe, I don't know, half an hour. I'll comment on in you know three groups or whatever it is to be active in and reply to the comments made. And part of that is to stop receiving notifications. You know when you comment on a, on something, always click that stop notifications thing at the top. It's brilliant. If someone really wants to reply to you, they'll reply using your name, so you won't miss out on anything. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to then go into email, I have unsubscribed from most newsletters. You know I only have maybe ten maximum at a time. And then I literally give myself 15 minutes. I look at the title of the newsletter. Either I read it then or it's binned straight away.
0: That just doing that alone would be amazing because because you wouldn't suddenly your inbox wouldn't get out of control because you're not allowed to just I mean, what tends to happen is you open it and you think, oh, I'll read that later. And then you ignore it. And then later never happens. And it just builds up and also because
1: and the same stuff, just, the, you know, it always comes back around. And it'll come back around in a better way afterwards because people have learned more by then. So in the beginning, I definitely had a lot of that fear. I remember when I was, when I went on maternity leave, I unsubscribed from every single newsletter. And I had so much fear that I was going to miss out on, I don't know, the most amazing business making idea that everybody will jump on except for me. <laughs> and of course, that's not the way it works. So, yeah, that is one huge, huge tip. And you suddenly become so much more productive.
0: Yeah, I got this app for my iPhone. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Mailbox. And you can just swipe left or right to just like, the idea is every time you check your email, you action it. So you don't just open it and then let it sit there. Either you delete it or you reply to it or you swipe it and you can have it resent to you at another time. So if you see it and you think, oh, I'll deal with that next week, then you swipe it and it will come back to you next week so that your inbox is always empty. And wow. I, I can't say I work, I can't say it's perfect, but like when I get into the groove and I'm doing it, it is absolutely brilliant. And then I go on holiday and then it gets it gets a bit out of control. But yeah, yeah <laughs> it's such a good, it's just so good because it's just, you shouldn't check and leave stuff there. You just check and take action. It's called mailbox. And, and is that on your phone or is that on
1: your email? It's on, it's on my I iPhone. My computer, okay. Oh, I yeah. tend to, um, yeah, to not really do much from my phone actually. But um, that's a great one, and that reminded me there was another one. Oh yeah, I have a, an actual folder where automatically, and I guess people on Gmail have this, but all of my newsletters just land in a specific folder. So when I'm going through them, it's very easy because one, there are not many of them, and two, they're all in one place, so I know what to delete and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know read on the spot. Oh, definitely.
0: So do you have do you have an assistant or anything, or are you just able with your three days a week, you're able to keep up with things on your you own? Know,
1: I do now because I knew that we were going to be moving and things like that, but I didn't before. Um, So actually, you know, you hear a lot about outsourcing and having to delegate. And yes, I do think it's really important. Um, And I actually have an online business manager now because I wanted a bit more support with our move to Australia than a a VA would would have brought at that stage. But actually, you know, I, I waited until now. So when you're really organized, there is a lot that you can do. I could not have done that without a coach, I have to say. That was not just me on my own figuring things out. And now, of course, that I'm, I've got much more structure in my marketing schedule and things like that, it really helps to have an assistant.
0: Just for anyone that doesn't know, could you kind of tell us the difference between like what your VA does and what your business manager does?
1: So a VA, um, I think... That's probably what most people are familiar with. It's really sort of maybe answering to answering clients or booking them in once you've got a new booking, uh, making sure the payments come in. If you have requests for telesummits, they can go through, through your VA. So she'll send them your press pack and things like that. I think some VAs probably also do the social media postings. You know, if you've got a launch going on, the lovely images that go out with it, I guess those are the general tasks. An online business manager, she will actively go out and find speaking engagements for me and also help, you know, determine, okay, what does my calendar look like? So when can I have my next promotion? What should that look like? And then once I've got the general outline for it, she can perhaps go and do the, you know, putting it all together for me, Mm. um, all that kind of thing. So it's basically passing on more. It's like having... It's not just delegating to her. It's actually having someone on board who can also say, "Okay, that month is looking a bit busy. This month is looking quiet. We need to do a promotion in that month, you know, to keep the ball rolling and that kind of thing."
0: Oh, that's brilliant. So that's more more like an advi- Well, an advisor in a way, or she at least has experience that she can kind of.
1: Yeah. She's yeah. proactive. It's like project management. She's proactive in project management as opposed mm. to, quote, unquote, just receiving. And I'm not saying just in a negative way, you know, but just to, to make the difference here, yeah. tasks that are delegated. Of course, it's reflected in the price as well that you pay each yeah. month, but that's, yeah. Of course.
0: So I'd really like to know, just as, as we're getting to the end of our conversation, with your running your business and all the traveling you do and your family life, what are some of the things that you do to keep yourself healthy and, and keep up your self-care while you're also managing the rest of your life?
1: You know, and that's a really good one because I've always been someone who's really careful about it. And I've definitely noticed because when we moved to Australia, we had um, quite some extreme personal things happen in the family. And it basically, a lot of that went out the window, you know, as we were also looking for a place to live and all of that. And I could really notice that if I don't exercise regularly, it affects my moods, my productivity. If you're not eating the right foods, and so, one thing that we do is every time before we move to somewhere new, whether it's for a short term or long term is we'll look up online, you know, where are the closest organic or healthy cafes or vegetarian cafes, restaurants, that kind of thing. So, you know, at the time, we we know what our options are. If we're not ready to be cooking at home, for example, now in Perth, instead of staying in a hotel, we stay in an apartment so that we know that we can do our own cooking as well. And we, of course, we do go out as well. And so for me, what it comes down to when we're doing all of these things or, you know, when my daughter's teething and suddenly there's no time or anything like that, it's... um, It's making sure that I have a lot of spare time in my schedule, that I can actually just sit and read and go for walks. Going outside and getting fresh air is a big one for me. If I stay indoors for a whole day, I go crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I need to know that I'm outside getting fresh air and walking around. So you're actually
0: scheduling in self-care time?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a big part of it. You've got to schedule in me time. And I know that's a really difficult one for mothers. I, I know that, and, and it is a, is a real one, but we really have to do that. For example, I'm quite excited that I was just thinking, okay, I've scheduled in my work around the nanny. I also want to go to networking events, so that's when my boyfriend looks after Mila. And now if I also want self-care time, you know, everything just adds up. There's too much to do. And I've just found, for example, there's a personal trainer uh, group for mums, so they also have a um, childminder on site. That's brilliant. So you go out into the park. You're getting your personal training. All the kids are being looked after in a corner of the park, and you know you've blended all into one. So it's just finding those options that really work for you,
0: mm, making it a priority, and then and then seeing what appears. Keeping your eyes open.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, having one bath evening a week, for example, or one date night, or just really having those things scheduled in for sure. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Caroline. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about what you do,
1: where can they find you? Um, well and thank you very much. It was a it was a real pleasure. You can go to my website which is www.carolinecain.com forward slash sign up. So S-I-G-N-U-P. And actually the, um, the sign-up gift that you receive is all about scheduling. So you'll see examples of my actual schedules when we were traveling and now that we're living back in a city again and and how to do it. So that's a very useful one for everything that we've just spoken about.
0: Brilliant. And I'll link to that in the show notes too if people want to get it there.
1: So thanks so much. Okay. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure, Amanda.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this interview with Carolyn. I'd love to hear what you've taken away for this episode or any questions that you have for her or anything that you're going to change in your business based on what we talked about today. You can just leave a comment back in the show notes, which are at wellprneronline.com slash 29. Or you can just tweet me at Vintage Amanda because I love to hear from you. So if you haven't already, I'd love it if you could subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher and leave me a rating and review there because that really helps to get the word out about the podcast. Or if you know somebody that should be listening to this podcast, just tell them to listen to it. People seem to be a bit resistant to try podcasts, but actually they're awesome because you can learn on the go. So spread the love and tell a friend. So I'll leave you here for this week. I'm sending you loads of good vibes for your wellness business this week. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you back here next week with our next episode.